When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 1500 KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. 94.5 KSTP FM St. Paul HD2. And on scorenorth.com. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com and a jam-packed show for you on a Thursday. We will uh, hear from Paul Mercurio, very funny man, who will be out at the House of Comedy. He's joining us at 440 Cram Session at 5 o'clock. That's where Jonathan asks us random questions then just arbitrarily hands out points and declares a winner. <laughs> That's how that works. That's coming up. It's like Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet. I get to o'clock. decide what... <laughs> Yeah, you hold the infinity gauntlet of, yeah. of cram session. That's mm-hmm. that's what you do. You have great power, but that comes also with great responsibility, uh, as Spider-Man you taught had us. to go there. I like um, it. Also, yesterday, we didn't get to in other news because of the Garrison Rosas news. We uh, bumped that to today, so that's coming up at 520. But wanted to start off the afternoon with some twins talk because uh, this looks more and more like hashtag it's happening, Phil Mackey, as a lot of people wanted to poo-poo a sweep of the lowly Baltimore Orioles and say do it against a real team. Well, they done did it against a real team. Took three of four. We're gonna win, twins. We're gonna score. I mean, from the Houston Astros. I'm not sure how much more you need to see at this point. Let's just give them the trophy. Well, just I, hand them the trophy. Three out of four against the Astros is, uh, I mean, obviously you, can, you can't win a World Series in April, but you can definitely put yourself on the map for the season in April. And the Twins taking three out of four from the Astros, combined with Corey Kluber being out for an indefinite period of time with an injury and the Indians reeling. And actually, uh, Glenn Perkins brought up today on the Scornoth Twin Show, which if you missed it in the one o'clock hour, you can find it on demand anywhere you find podcasts, just Scornoth Twin Show. It's Glenn Perkins on baseball. And he brought up the point that the Indians have injuries. They're off to a mediocre start. There's still a couple games over 500. But if without Kluber, the Indians start to you know, continue to slide down the hill, they've got all these guys that are big-time trade assets. Trevor Bauer, I mean, they might start pulling the trigger in the next month and a half. Like you're Basically, your only competitive opponent in your division is off to such a bad start with injuries and they've got some really precarious age curve situations happening on their roster, they might wave the white flag if you just continue hitting home runs and winning over the next few weeks. 
They might just give you the division. That's the type of spot the Twins are in right now. It's pretty amazing. I said a hot start by the Twins and a slow start by the Indians would be huge because I felt from the time the season started because of their inactivity and free agency and just overall they didn't make any trades to improve themselves. They actually let guys walk this offseason and their actions screamed loud and clear to me that this was this was an organization that felt like maybe we have one last push in us with this core. And if not, we have a lot of movable pieces to blow this thing up and start all over again. And now who's out? Clevenger's out. Kluber's out. That they, was ugly with Kluber yesterday, man. Yeah. That was nasty. It's unfortunate, but now now you're down to uh, Bauer, Carrasco, who didn't get off to a great start. The thing that impressed me, though, the most about this, uh, taking three or four from the Astros in the past four days, is the last two nights, the Twins pitching, or two days, the Twins pitching. Martin Perez last night. Yeah. Walk, hit. Bregman hits a shot to left that I think got to the warning track before Rosario catches it. And you say to yourself, oh, he doesn't have it tonight. And he comes back and isn't good. He's lights out. He's absolutely fantastic. Today, Bregman homers off Barrios. And this is the second consecutive start. And this is a huge turning point. The second consecutive start, the Brios got off to a shaky start, not great. I thought you were going to say something else there. <laughs> no, it's just a shaky start. Yeah. He, he got Stop off. Right yeah. There. yeah, Jonathan dives back over. John, no, dude, don't be so casual. He got off to a bad start. I'll say bad instead of shaky. He got off to a bad start, and you're saying to yourself, okay, this might not be great, and guess what? He settles down and pitches well. That is, to me, huge here. And especially for, for Barrios, because if you guys recall, when Barrios first came up, and pretty much, I think, a little bit into his second year, although this subsided a little bit, Barrios' problem was if he got off to a rough start, he was pretty much lost. That first year, he would just collapse. Mm-hmm. And to have, so to have back-to-back now, so you you go, Odo, lights out, fantastic, on Monday. Pineda was bad. Okay, that's not shocking. But then then you get a really, really good start from Martin Perez, and then today, that's three or four against a really good team that can really hit as well. That's got to give give you confidence because again, that is something that that I don't know if it's going to be consistent, but there's an outside chance that at least a couple of, of those guys get it. And the Martin Perez thing to me is huge, gents, and here's why. A year ago in February, so February 2018, right? Annabelle Sanchez is signed. Yeah. And he's off the scrap heap. And we all say Typical Twins. That's it's a just a cheap, yep. Scrappy cheap signing. bleeping move by the Twins. You're not going to go get a real pitcher. And, and they go into spring training, and then they agreed, and they signed Lance Lynn. And we all said, this is fantastic, Lance Lynn. Yeah. Sanchez gets let go. Sanchez goes to the Braves and has a really good year. All right, fast forward to this year. They do the same thing with Perez, but they don't quit this time. Yeah, it's almost like they with, with Anibal Sanchez, it's almost like their instinct was screaming at them, man, like there's still some gas left in the tank here. Yep. We can we can drive this car another 10,000 miles. But when it came down to actually having to pull the, the trigger on the car, they're like, oh, we can't do this, right? We're like, buying a Lance Lynn. Yeah, we can't do we're this. We're buying a Lance Lynn. We can't do this. Yes. And, but they were right. They were right. Correct. I've had, I've had like jokes for my stand-up back that I've, I've never told before, but I, and I think it's funny, and I'll get up on stage, and I'm like, I'm telling it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling it. This is funny. I'm telling it. And then I chick it out, and, and sure enough, I tell that joke later, and I'm like, man, I should have started telling this that joke. Would have killed along. it. Right. Would have killed. Would have yes. killed. I Trust think, yourself. I think that's what the twins ran into there, the, a little self-doubt. Yeah. 
And I think what we have to figure out here is what's real and what's not for the twins. Like what is what is smoke and mirrors right now and what is sustainable and you know time will tell here the rest of the season. But I just start like offensively I'm not saying that you know that they're going to hit the 300 home runs they're on pace for, but in terms of sustainability uh with this record right now they're 19 and 10. Run differential is always a key indicator. If you have a below zero run differential, but you're several games over 500, it probably means that you've gotten lucky in some close games and that's going to readjust and correct itself over time. Well, the Twins are a plus 27 run differential so far. That's among the best in baseball. The Rays are like a plus 40, and then there's a bunch of teams, not a bunch, but there's a handful of teams in that Twins range, like plus 27, plus 30. So they're in that mix with the Astros, with the Rays, and with a couple other teams, the Cardinals in the National League. Sorry, Rami. Um, Weighted on base average. So weighted on base average is one of the main numbers that front offices use to determine if their offense is good or not. It, it's it's OPS, but it's properly weighted to give more credit to on base than slugging. So it's it's like OPS. And the Twins are fourth in Major League Baseball in weighted on base average. They're fourth in home runs hit. They're number one in slugging. Martin Perez, all right, well, is it for real or is it not? He's got a three and a half ERA. If you go with his expected ERA, what should his ERA be based on strikeout rate, walk rate, all these things? It's exactly where it should be. Like, there's so many little indicators here. There's a lot of teams that get off to hot starts, and it's like, ah, it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Nelson Cruz ain't smoke and mirrors. Byron Buxton flying around second base today and scampering into third in the blink of an eye. Standing up. To left, a, yeah. a left center field and you know what, on a rope. Buxton right now is what we have bagged for. For how long? He entered today's game at 2.53. It's not great, right? It's fine. But it's fine. Exactly. We beg. Totally fine. Buxton does not need to hit even 2.90. It'd be nice, right? Yeah. But this is the Byron Buxton that we absolutely have clamored for, which is just put the ball in play because you cause so many problems. Yep. So so he, after today, he went one for four. And, of course, the one was a triple. And then he scores on a sack fly. And, like, that, he produced... He drove in a run, but most guys don't get to third on that ball to the left center field gap. And then most guys might not even score from third on the ball that he scored from third on. So he creates a run out of thin air there, basically, by just being fast. Mm-hmm. And if so if he ended the season 253, 301 on base percentage, he's slugging 471 and plays a gold glove defense, you would take that every year of his career at this point, I think. Like, Absolutely. I, I think you would just yeah. flat out sign up for that for the next ten years. And this isn't this isn't happening by accident. This isn't this isn't just a just a, a blip on the radar. I think a lot of times, and especially when you've gone through what Twins fans have gone through for much of the last ten years, where you see a pop up season like this, and I think baseball fans in general, when they see a pop up season like this from a team who did what the twins did last year, you go Nah, mate, this is all just sort of fluky. You know what I mean? This is a bunch of guys who are all hot at the same time, and it'll come down. But you look at it, and Jonah Carey had a piece today at The Athletic talking about the fact that this didn't just happen by accident. There's nothing fluky or happenstancy about this. This is this was exactly what Falvey and Levine had in mind when yeah. you look at, A, you talked about an interesting an interesting timeline with the Indians in terms of the age of some of their players. The Twins are almost in the exact opposite spot because yes. they have a bunch of guys who they believed in that maybe Twins fans and other people around baseball didn't who are just coming into their prime age, that that mid to late 20s. Kepler, Rosario, Polanco. Um, I'm missing somebody here. There's another guy here, who's, I, who's in that group. I got their ages right now. Just Mitch Garver, 28. 
Jonathan Scope, 27. He didn't come up through the through the nucleus. Uh, but that's portion, the other thing Kerry talked about was that the, another part of their plan, their blueprint, was this offseason. They, they got cheap power. They got Jonathan Scope, Nelson Cruz, Marwin Gonzalez. This was all... This was all put together with this in mind. This didn't just happen. This isn't a fluke. This isn't a pop-up. This is exactly what Falvey and, and Levine had in mind. And something that Kerry didn't talk about in that article is what is the plan that they had for their pitching. We heard in, in spring training what they thought the analytics and the biomechanics were going to do for guys like Martin Perez, yes. Michael Pineda, uh, guys coming out of that bullpen, Jake Odorizzi. These are all guys, if you can just get a little bit more out of a Major League Baseball player, it makes them a really good baseball player because that's all that separates the really good ones from the average ones is just a sliver a sliver better, and that's what the Twins are getting out of these guys. The bullpen needs slightly more still, I think. Yes. I, I'd like to see a, a little bit more there. But what's interesting, too, about the blueprint that they have chosen for 2019 to me is this. It's definitely a two-track plan here because I think this year's plan, and you go out and sign some guys – who are veteran guys to reasonable deals. I think that track was was a feeling that you could be pretty good and you're going to be at least a year ahead of the White Sox with Cleveland descending. But there's another plan in place here too with guys coming up again as well, which I think is a long-term plan. So I really think it's twofold because the White Sox within the next couple of years are going to be pretty doggone good. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's going to, to uh, probably fall off. But the point being is this is very much the... Let's go out and sign a guy like Scope. He might not be here long-term, and if he comes around and has a really good 2019, he probably bolts. But that's okay because he can help us if Cleveland's going to drop off because I think we can safely say Kansas City's a non-factor. I don't think Detroit is going to be at all. Complete non-factor. I think they're Complete non-factor. They played well of late, but I think they're definitely going to go backwards. And I think the White Sox will be good, but I don't think they're going to be really competitive in 2019. I I actually think if Cleveland... If this ain't Cleveland's year and they start waving the white flag and trading some of those pitchers, I think actually the White Sox, with young players getting better, are, are, the, are the second team in the division. Could be. Um, here's the other beauty of this in that the twi- when you get off to a hot start in baseball, it buys you time to be mediocre later in the year and still be okay. So the Twins are, are nine games over 500 right now. If If they were to play 500 baseball the rest of the way, just 500 baseball from this point until the end of the year. And we round up for the, because they've played an odd amount of game. Let's, let's give them 20 and 10 right now. Round up. They'd be 86 and 76 if they just played 500 baseball. Two years ago, when they played the Yankees in the wild card game, 85 wins got them into the one game wild card. So does anyone in this room think the Twins are a below 500 team, barring injuries from this point forward the rest of the year? No. I certainly don't. Not in no. this division either. So if they play 500 ball, the rest of the way. Worst case, 86 and 76. If they play slightly above 500 ball, it's a 91 team. If they do what they should do in the next two months, which is sign Craig Kimbrell and trade for a number two starter behind Jose Barrios. I mean, well, hold on a they second. set themselves up no, here. Wait, wait, wait. I remember we talked about at the beginning of the season, and we're kind of still there, how we have all these these matchups that you'd want in the summer, the guys who aren't in your division. But now you got all those out of the way, and you're good. You got through that, and you're good. And you have the rest of your division coming up. You have all those games coming up, and your division stinks like it does. That's only another sign that. Why do you need a second starter when you've got Martin Perez? Did you see him last night? I got a question, though, for 
for you, Phil, as a guy who had, who at one time certainly covered the previous incarnation of this team, including a yeah. brief period of time when they were successful. The thing that strikes me about Perez is that Levine was familiar with Martin Perez from their time together in Texas and liked him and thought that, that he was that he would be a good addition. But what intrigues me about him too is two things. One, they basically said we've identified what went wrong in Texas. Now, now he got hurt too, uh, and at, at his ranch or farm a year ago or two years back. But anyway, they identified what went wrong, and then Perez was talking last night after the game about the fact his agent had been had been pressing him to add a cutter for a long time, and he's like, I don't need that. I got a good changeup, and he finally said, You know what? You're right. Today, Barrios gets off to that rough start, and then in the post game today. Rocco talks about that he adjusted things and changed things. How much in your day did, did you see these type of things from pitchers, especially with this franchise? Like what specifically? When you see, well, like like overhauling, like you like a guy, but yeah. then but then you tell that guy, we know what's wrong, and here's how you fix it. Or or in game, clearly it's not just the pitcher deciding to make the changes himself. It's yeah. it's an overall adjustment of if you change this right now. The rest of your day is going to go a lot better. So I I don't mean to throw successful smart people under the bus here because what I'm going to say is going to rip them at the end of their run. But okay. but like Rick Anderson was a wonderful pitching coach for a long time, and Ron Gardenhire was a wonderful manager for a long time with the Twins, and I think he's learned some things, and that's why he got the job in Detroit. But Glenn Perkins told a story today on the Scorner Twin Show. Go back and listen to the whole thing. We had we got Ryan Presley on for ten minutes and talked about like why are you so good in Houston and why. We should play a clip of that before the show's over here. We definitely can. Nice. And one one thing that both those guys talked about, and, and Perk specifically, was even five years ago, ten years ago certainly, it was all about throw your fast, but keep that fastball in that four spot down and away, right? That fastball in that four spot down and away. And when Presley, at the end of his run with the Twins, when the Twins were you know a little bit more smart to what works in today's baseball, and certainly when he got to the Astros, they're telling him, dude, Curveball all the time. When you throw your fastball, throw it up. Up. It's a high spin fastball. Throw it up in the zone. They can't catch it. It looks like it's 100 miles an hour. And so for a long time with the Twins, they had sort of an approach that worked for them. Keep the ball down. Throw strikes. Get ground balls. Get off the field. Keep your fielders happy, right? And uh, and now it's a lot more customization. What type of pitches do you throw? What's the spin rate? Et cetera, et cetera. And how can we customize an approach for you? And that's what this front office is doing. And I'm not even like, no one was doing this 10 years ago. So I'm not even like trying to crap on the Twins approach that worked for a very long time and they won a bunch of divisions. No, baseball as a whole has rapidly evolved. Yes, but this front office is very much in front of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, Ryan Presley laid it out for 10 minutes today in a very tactful way and said, this is what happened when I got to Houston. And it's on the Scorner right, Twin Show today. Yeah, okay, that Download makes anywhere you find podcasts. Um, six five one six four six eight two five five. Or the app. You, you forgot wanna... the app, the Score North app. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, it's a really nice app, and the longer you listen on there, the more you have a chance to win some great rate prizes. You rack up points, you get prizes. You can subscribe to your favorite podcast, give them five star ratings, leave your comments. What's your favorite app? It's available uh, for Apple and Android. Onion rings or Score North app? Uh, Score North app for sure. Uh, b- twice baked buffalo chicken wings or Score North Ooh. app? Oh, that's close, but probably the Score North app. Okay, probably nachos. Cool. Judd's in the, in the nachos. The Score North app with a little ranch dressing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, man. A little, little blue cheese or no? Just I'm a ranch guy. Okay. I'm not a big fan of blue cheese. Really? Yeah. Mm. 
I don't. It's unfortunate. I learn more about you, and it's just really hard for me. Later on this hour, we put two stand-up comedians in a room and uh, just see how many jokes they can tell, basically, over the course of a segment. That's what happened, yeah. We tried to out-funny each other. Paul Mercurio (laughs) will join the show (laughs) in about 20 minutes. Cram session at 5 in other news later on. And if you have twins thoughts, are they for real? 651-646-8255. And uh, more on the Wolves hiring of Gerson Rosas. Huge show today. Mackie and Judd with Rami. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. When did the dunk contest jump the shark? If you actually pulled out a stuffed shark and jumped it to dunk. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then ended it. I love that. The dunk contest did jump the shark. But I thought, actually, was it last year that I was thoroughly entertained by the dunk contest? Do you guys remember who won it last year? <laughs> <laughs> What else are you going to watch this weekend? The AAF? I'd rather drink. <laughs> Matthew and Judd with Rami on Score North and scorenorth.com. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Thank you for those of you who've downloaded the Score North mobile app available via Apple or Google Play Store. It'll iron your shirt for you. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, like, you'd have to heat it up yourself and press it against your shirt, but, <laughs> like, you could, your phone really would be the one that... But go download it. You can listen to our shows live or on demand or read all of our stuff. Um, and earlier today on the Score North Twin Show, Glenn Perkins on baseball on Thursdays. This is about a two-minute clip here, so it's a little bit lengthy. But for people wondering, how did Ryan Presley go to Houston? He was a really good reliever with the Twins, and his strikeout rate went up throughout the years with the Twins. Then he goes to Houston. He's allowed like five runs in a year, basically. Like He pitched the second half of the season with That's Houston. Amazing. I don't know if he's even allowed a run yet this year. He's just been untouchable. And Glenn asked him that question on behalf of fans. So, how, like, how did you become so good with Houston? And Ryan Presley on the show today gave uh, his answer. The Twins, and I mean, you were here, right? Kind of when Derek and Thad took over and things started to change a little bit, like philosophy-wise, the way they handled pitchers, I, I think kind of what they wanted pitchers to know is it is it like a stark difference going from obviously here to to there and you know you've upped your curveball usage your your which expands your chase rate uh, obviously your strikeouts have gone through the roof you're you're just a little bit under a, a strikeout per nine guy with the twins and and you're up over twelve now was it a big change like when you went there like like what they told you to do I mean you know is as far as pitch mix and and what what works for them and what doesn't. No, you know what, it was, you know, Garvin Alston um, in spring training kind of gave me free reign to do whatever I needed to do to get ready for the, for camp. And, you know, I've never had anybody do that to me because, you know, I've always been a guy that's always been, you know, pitching with my back against the wall. And you know, if, am, am I going to make the team? Am I not going to make the team? You know, I, I just need to work on fastball command right now. And he called me into his office before spring training and said, I need you to throw your curveball and I need you to throw it for a strike. So we need to start working on that. I need, he, was, he was like, I need you to learn how to how to throw it. It's going to be a, such a big weapon for you. And I started throwing it more for a strike and throughout the season, and it, and it got better and better and better. And the only problem was is that I didn't know I needed to throw it more. Um, and when I got traded over to the Twin or t- traded over to the Astros, they said, listen, you know, keep throwing your curveball for strikes, but just need to up your usage and up your slider usage, and you know, you need to pitch at the top of the zone. And if you had told a pitcher to pitch at the top of the zone five, even five <laughs> yeah, years ago, yep. ten years ago, you would have been laughed out of baseball. I mean, that Rick you Anderson's know? line is throw the ball, you know, four spot, get the ball down on the way to a righty. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, that's, so. and that's what we've all known, you know. And um, so coming over to the Astros was a, a little bit of a change, but 
I think I kind of picked it up and ran with it. And, um, you know, it was, it was a, definitely a learning experience, obviously coming from the twins because they weren't as far advanced as the Astros were. And, um, you know, I was, I was kind of shocked to see how everything was being ran over here. Fascinating. So just to sum that up, he referenced Garvin Alston. So the, the twins had enough information to go to Ryan Presley and say, dude, your curveball is ridiculous. We need to throw more curveballs and throw that thing for a strike because they're just not going to hit it. And he did that. His strikeout rate went up at the beginning of last year. Then he goes to the Astros, and the Astros said, yep, totally agree. Throw it even more and work even higher up in the zone that, with your fastball. That, to me, though, that's the key thing. O- Odorizzi, if I'm not mistaken, two nights ago, did exactly that, too. He worked high, like, like for a long time, right? You thought to yourself, the last thing you, you, you want, because if a guy makes contact, it's going to be a, a home run. Well, most what, what does Burt always say on the broadcast if a guy hits a home run? Well, left to pitch up. Yep. And and if you think about it, too, the whole pitch-to-contact philosophy was what? If you keep the ball down, you pitch to contact, you get ground balls. But Odo, if I'm not mistaken on what would have been Monday night, did exactly that. There were times he would come up, 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 and it looked harder and it actually works. Yeah. So if you have a high spin fastball, not that you throw the ball harder. Like if you and I both throw 93 miles an hour or 90 miles an hour and I have a high spin fastball and you have a low spin fastball and the differences are sort of subtle. We're talking about, you know, we're not talking about three feet of movement here. It's very, it's, it's in a tight window, but it matters because you have a round bat, right? Like the high spin fastball stays on a plane longer and Thus, it feels like it's coming in at a higher velocity because it's like it almost looks like it's rising compared to the plane that a normal fastball would be on. Which it's a slightly downward plane. Uh, every pitch has almost a slightly downward plane. Yep. But so this just a, levels it out a little bit when you have the higher spin rate. So if you throw a high spin fastball, these guys went deep into this if you want the whole thing on the Scorner Twin Show. It's amazing. If you throw a high spin fastball down in the zone, like if you're Scott Baker who had a high-spin fastball, or the Troy Hawkins back in the day unknowingly had a high-spin fastball, and you throw that thing at the knees, it stays up enough and hitters crush it if it's not in the right spot on the black on the outside corner. But if you throw it up in the zone, hitters swing and miss a lot more often. And like every team has this information now, and so it's just a matter of like how do you communicate it. And the other thing that Glenn was talking about is you can't just have some nerd with a pocket protector and like, yeah. hey, so uh, I've been doing some calculations on the, you know, the like you, you call him up, to, call <laughs> him up to the office. So w- yeah. what is w- without without criticizing them, which he clearly didn't want to do, is Presley just saying that they just didn't tell him to throw that enough, and that if that's yes. so, was that the next step, Presley, or the next from, logical thing? From what I can gather, the twins knew, and there was just a missing link in like how much or how they were communicating it to him, and like he got way better. If you look. His strikeout rate with the Twins, so forget about the Astros improvements, his strikeout rate with the Twins over four years went from four and a half per nine to 13 per nine. So it wasn't like the Twins, like wasn't like the Twins didn't know what to do with Ryan Presley at the end, but the Astros took what the Twins had built him into and brought it up even two more notches. And that's got to be really frustrating if you're watching this dude and he's just unhittable now. And you could have, now he did sign a, like a two year, $20 million deal. So you would have had to pay for Ryan Presley. But uh, 29, 30 years old, I can understand why the Twins might have said, you know what, if we can do this with Ryan Presley, we could, there's probably 10 other guys that are 25 
and cheaper that we could do it with just to save ourselves. Maybe but. not to that degree of effectiveness, yeah. but yeah, that's that's what they're trying to do. That's what all the biomechanics and analytics that we heard about in the sp- in spring training is all about. Since being traded to the Astros, Ryan Presley combined last year and then into this year, 37 appearances, 35 and two-thirds innings, no earned runs this year, two earned runs total, and wow. he has given up in that time, so over the course of two different seasons, 16 hits. Can you imagine Interesting. Twins had that in their bullpen right now? They've lost three or four games that the bullpen gave up. Dude, if you had Ryan Presley is, and Taylor Rogers, is this like is, how okay? I'll, I'll go down this path. How big of a role? Because clearly it's not the only thing. How big a role did this potentially play in in Garvin Alston being fired after one season? I think I, I don't have full information on that. Yeah. I think it def, clearly it played some sort of role because like otherwise he'd still be the pitching coach. Eddie Gordado was in there too. Like, is it but possible that old school Eddie Gordado? But he didn't was, embrace it, right? Like, well, that, that's, that's the, just a that's problem. The, but that's the point. Like, no, but I think Garvin Alston did. But if Eddie Gordado was in there too, sure, and not embracing it, and that's a little bit of speculation. Not that, but here's the thing: like, does Eddie Gordado have value to offer to a major league pitching staff? Yes. But if Eddie Gordado doesn't buy in, or if Garvin Alston isn't fully invested, and they're not. Maybe they're only doing it 75% of the way. And and with Ryan Presley, it needs to be 100% well, of the way or he's not going to be this good. The Presley conversation that that he had with Alston a year ago last spring had to come had, had to um originate in the front office, right? Like Alston didn't just say to himself, I'm going to sit Ryan Presley down. So he had to basically have gone through the winter and talked to Falvey, Levine, that whole crew yeah. and and they said for Presley to be successful, this has to happen. So it's interesting that then somehow that final step, because part of part of the step did get articulated. It's interesting that it's pretty clear from what Presley's saying there was a final step that didn't get um, communicated yeah. correctly. Perk was saying too, because like Perk was thinking about this stuff to, to save his own career in like 2010. I mean, Glenn Perkins was one of the first pitchers to really start studying in-depth analytics and pitch sequencing and 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 like spin rate and things like that behind the scenes. And Perk was saying. He'd be texting Ryan Presley the last couple of years, dude. Stop throwing your fastball. What are you doing? They can't. They can't hit your curveball. And that's the beauty. If you've got if you've got a curveball that just drops off the table, you can. It's almost like Vince Lombardi. We'll tell them what play we're running, and they're not going right. to stop it. Like here bet, it comes. I bet a guy like Ryan Presley and there's other like Kerry Wood had a curveball like mm-hmm. this in the late '90s. Kerry Wood, if he could throw that thing for a strike, he could tell the hitter basically, "I'm throwing a curveball. Good luck squaring it up." Now, if you know it's coming. You might be able to get wood on it, no pun intended. But if it think if if it breaks that much and it's that tightly wound, you're probably I mean, not going to be able to tee off on that it. That thing right? would start like high and outside and end up on the batter's shoe. Yeah. Blylevin, same thing. It was ridiculous. Yeah. In his in his great days, that curveball was nasty. By the way, while we're talking about the twins and it happening, uh Miguel Sano just had an RBI single. He's three for three in his rehab assignment today. All three runs. That the miracle have scored, driven in by Miguel Sano. Wow. Yes, sir. Well, you'd love to see that, right? Because what if you know what that could get you? Hold on. I'm thinking about something. Giants are down, right? Mad Mm -hmm. Bomb, Mad Bomb's probably going to be traded, right? The speculation's out there. I guess that hey, the Twins might be a potential Mad Bomb suitor. Wait, is that is that speculation out there, or is it just that Bomb? MLB Network. I yeah, guess. somebody tweeted we me. We got a tweet. Some of the MLB Network analysts were kicking that around. But if Miguel Sano heats up, let's say he comes up here and starts to hit pretty well. I mean, you got a lot of power already, right? You got an opportunity here, right? I'm just, I'm putting, I'm connecting dots. 
Well, this is, you know, I wonder what it's like right now. And I now. would trade Miguel Sano so fast, your, both your heads would spin. Yeah, I don't know. Could you get Bumgarner for Miguel Sano? Start of a package. I wouldn't feel like if you traded Miguel Sano, I wouldn't, I know that if you traded him at sort of a low point, which is like he hit 198 last year and he's been injured, so you definitely would be trading him for 50 cents on the dollar. But I don't have the fear of of like a David Ortiz situation happening with him. So if you could, if you could include him in a trade and, yeah. and get an ace pitcher down the stretch, by all means. But we're getting to a point here now, just seeing where Cleveland's trending with injuries and where the Twins are trending with power. And like the two things that you'd love to add are another starting pitcher and a reliever. And you can get one or both of those with cash because Dallas Keuchel and Craig Campbell are sitting out there. You might be able to fill one of those needs by not giving up one of your awesome prospects. Well, okay, I... I can go down the Kimbrel path. What's your guys' faith in a starter who's been who's going to have sat there till June? I'd much rather have the reliever. I think well, me too. I don't think I trust. I don't think the Keiko move. I trust. Yeah, that's. I'm at the point. It feels now, like Lan, the Lance Lynn thing all over. Really me. does. And I mean, you know, it's great if he's if he's throwing on on a back lot or something, but I just don't trust that. Yeah, I would definitely rather have Kimbrel. Even even if both were ready to go tomorrow. I'd rather have Kimbrel. I'd rather add that arm to my bullpen than add than add uh who am I thinking of? Uh drawing a complete blank. Well, Dallas Keuchel? Dallas Keuchel to my rotation. Wow, that was a brain fart. <laughs> just should, left my just, brain. We should have just let just him drown there. Floating. That just happens. Uh, uh Mark Pryor. Like literally somewhere between uh, my brain and my mouth just left. Mark just left Pryor. my brain. When your brain short circuits in baseball, does it just start going back to like random nineties Cubs yes. pitchers? Yeah. You know, Steve Traxel, uh, Scott Sanderson. Kevin Tappany. <laughs> Jim, Jim Bullinger. Kevin Tapp. <laughs> I challenge you to an obscure mid-90s Cubs pitcher name off. <laughs> Mike Harkey. Willie, Willie Banks. <laughs> He's a Twins guy, oh, too. My, oh, Mike Harkey. Yeah. Mike Harkey was supposed, to be, he was supposed to be great. One of my first ever autographs that I got in, in person and not like like a gift of a, like a signed thing, yeah. where I actually went up and got the autograph in person, because uh, the Cubs bullpen was always like right up next to the rail. And so before the game, I went down and just literally, I was like seven years old. And my dad said, just, Philip, just go down there and you know, just tap on one of them. Get, sign the ball. Bob Scanlon, 1992. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pitch for the Brewers, too. Bob Scanlon. Oh, yeah. Big, I big lanky guy. Yeah, yeah, tall. Yeah. Yep. A GN guy. Uh, when we come back, Paul McCurio. You and Paul sat down earlier today and uh, just fired jokes back and forth. Hilarious, dude. He's been on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He'll be at the House of Comedy this weekend and the uh, Mall of America. And really, really, really funny, dude. I really enjoyed this conversation. So we'll uh, we'll do that when we come back. Cram session coming up. Luther Brookdale Toyota is the car dealership and service department my family and I have been going to for a very long time. Uh, since the, well, I wasn't I wasn't driving in the 80s. But uh, like my, my mom and my dad were. So I, I remember... Uh, 30 years back going into the old Toyota city and uh, just the service, the people, the expertise, the peace of mind. If you're not really a car guy like myself, you need that peace of mind in your life. So uh, the rough winter has left us with some pretty nasty potholes, which can do a number on your tires and suspension. I feel like every day it's just you're just dodging potholes and hoping that your wheels don't fall off Well, driving out of alignment can lead to bad tire wear and poor handling, so it's just more problems. Luther Brookdale Toyota now has a full-time dedicated tire specialist on staff for you to bring your vehicle in for a quick check. They can make sure your alignment is good, make sure you're safe on the road this spring, and you're uh, and you're not falling victim to those potholes. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. 
Robbie Makloff here with comedian Paul Mercurio. You might have seen him on the uh, Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He also has his own podcast, and uh, paulmercurio.com is where you can find all his work. The Paul Mercurio Show is the podcast and a one-man show, Paul, that, first yeah. of all, welcome to Minnesota, yeah. and you'll be at the House of Comedy out at the Mall of America this weekend. Folks can uh, check out houseofcomedy.com and get tickets there. But your one-man show was uh, just nominated for an award, man. That's amazing. That's yeah, great. Yeah. This, my wife's still not sleeping with me, so that didn't help. <laughs> I thought that would be. She started kissing me and hugging me, and I'm like, hey. She goes, no, nah, I got the dog. I can't. The dog is <laughs> <laughs> And we have a dog that has a weak sphincter. <laughs> we adopted a dog with a weak I swear to God. You, did you know this when no, you got him? No. Oh, okay. No, it looks like a nursing home in my apartment. There's these pee pads everywhere. I swear to God, it starts to, it smells like desitin. It's like, no, and because the dog's got to, like, the way, I don't know, this so, so, like, I can't yell. I'm Italian. I yell, okay? You mean you can't yell? Because if you... I yell, the dog gets ex nervous and then has a little pee moment. <laughs> yeah, you laugh. Come to my house and you're going to clean for me. And the dog finds me annoying. What do you mean he, fi he finds she, you whenever annoying? Whenever I walk into a room, the dog immediately gets up and walks into another room. I don't mean like after five minutes. Like I walk in and the dog looks at me like, oh, this a-hole again. And she walks into the other room. And then when I walk into that room, she looks at me like, really? I just got comfortable in here. You ha this is my space. You have your space. And my wife's like, well, it's not she finds you annoying because your voice is annoying. I go... Do I sound like a vacuum cleaner to you? <laughs> I mean, this is my house, and it's not my house anymore. I don't know how we get off on that, but but uh, you didn't know this when you when you adopted no, the dog. Because, you were sold the false bill of goods. Well, wait, who's going to tell you? Like it's like buying a car. Oh yeah, that needs brakes. They're not going to tell you. Oh yeah, the dog's got a the, the, the sphincter shot. You got to have that put up on the lift and replaced. You got to get a new sphincter for your dog installed. Who tells you that? Nobody. I love, I love that I asked you about your one man show and you went into <laughs> yeah. your dog sphincter I, store. I don't really know. Oh, that. because we got the award and then my wife hugged me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More worried about yeah. the dog wouldn't have sex with me. Uh, <laughs> it's just all about not having sex. Um, that's what it all comes back exactly. to, really. Everything really comes back to that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing this one minute show. It's called Permission to Speak, and it's basically born out of my stand up. Because in my stand up, I like to talk to people in the audience, and I get these great stories from people. And I thought, and someone saw me doing it, like, this could be like a theater show where people come on stage and randomly just, p I pick people out of the audience and they talk about their lives. It's not politically correct. You can say whatever you want. And, and it's a theater show. It's not a stand-up show. And people just tell these incredible stories. And it's on Broadway, right? It's on Broadway, yeah. yeah. That's and, amazing. Yeah. And like, so, did you ever think when you started doing stand-up comedy that you would end up on Broadway doing no, a one-man show? No, was this something no. that was ever set in your sights? No. Look at my act and I'll confirm it for you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it, no, it just because it, it just. But I think it's it's good in the sense that it was it's organic. It wasn't planned. It, it was born out of something that I really like to do. Sure. Like it's really you're a comedian. Some comedians can go on stage and go right into their act. That. That feels unnatural for me. Mm -hmm. So I like to chat a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. and I get these stories. Like, I, this is from a comedy club, but uh, it could just as easily have been on, um, on, on the, uh, in the one-man show. Uh, I had a couple, two lesbians on stage, mm -hmm. uh, nice women. I'm like, how did you meet? They go at a softball game. Everybody starts laughing, right? Predictable, right? And I go, uh, <laughs> I go are you married? They go, yeah. And... Uh, and uh, they go, well, how did you come together? And they start snickering. So I know there's a story. The woman goes, well, I was married, and then I met her at a softball game, and we had an affair, and I got divorced, and they, they have kids from the marriage, and now my wife and I live together in the house. 
that I lived in with my husband, and we sleep in the same bed that he slept in with me, and he sleeps in the room down the hall. What? Exactly. What? Exactly. <laughs> what? Exactly. <laughs> 300 people went, oh. <laughs> what? Yeah. And But they were the nicest, sweetest people. They were really cool. Was, was the just... husband, the ex-husband in the audience? No, he's okay. not allowed All to right. go out of the house, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so, and and that was from a stand-up show. And so, when I talk to people, it's not like crowd work where I'm like, "Hey, I'm going to talk to you about your hat," and then do jokes about a hat. Sure, yeah. Or it's not insults. So, in the in the show, and what people see in my live show too is like, uh, and I do a lot of material in my act too, but uh, in the stand-up, but in the in the one-man show, like the stories I said to a woman, this is from the one-man show. All I said was, "What's your name?" Uh huh. Because I th- a lot of people like want the moment to be able to s- talk about themselves. Sure. But if you give them that and they trust you and you're not going to compromise them, they'll give you the world. Right? Sure. Yeah. So go, What's your name? She goes, Nydia. I go, Lydia? She goes, no, Nydia with an N. I go, oh, that's an unusual name. How'd you get the name? She goes, well, my father named me after his lover. I'm like, oh, okay. You, you were born out of wedlock. No big deal. That happens. Oh, she goes, no, no, no. My parents were married. And my mother was pregnant with me, and my father was having an affair, and named me after the woman he was having an affair with. I swear to God, I swear to God, like it's the same. It's and like God is handing you these people and these it's, stories. It's, it's that's amazing. It's another- I always like to ask when I when I get a chance to interview a comedian, yeah. and I've seen you on on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and hilarious. Thanks. If anybody can get to House of Comedy this weekend, I, I highly recommend it. But uh, I always like to ask, how did you get into comedy? What what started it uh, for well, you? This was like a little bit of an unusual i was a lawyer an investment banker on wall street i was doing m&a deals really yeah i was so you were making money yeah and I then was. decided to do comedy yeah, exactly okay. <laughs> i'm like you know what this comfort is too nice i really want to just eat ramen noodles the rest of my life and watch porn during the day and i don't come from money just to be clear i'm like a blue collar sure. italian family yeah you know my father put floors in for a living and uh but not that italian family where like you have plastic on the furniture all the time. <laughs> you know that? It's a very ethnic thing. Like, it what's is. your ethnicity? I'm uh, Arab. I'm Palestinian. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I think it's like, I think, you know. I did I have an aunt. I did have right. an aunt with the, the, the plastic covered couch for yeah. sure. It's yeah. a very, like, Latinos, uh, Armenians. Like, so, and it, for those of you who don't know, there's that one room you go in only at, like, Christmas and Easter. Right. And there's plastic on the furniture, and it's like the middle of winter, and you sit in it, and within three minutes, you're sitting in a pool of your own sweat in <laughs> December with, like, two degree weather. And there's a picture of the Pope, Jesus, and Frank Sinatra on the wall. <laughs> and the Frank Sinatra picture is like three times the size of the Pope and the Jesus picture. Of course. Right. Yeah. But our house was the opposite. Like, I believe in stereotypes. And this is some of the stuff I talk about in my show. Like, I, I think stereotypes are good. I don't think we should be all the same, you know? Right. And, and so, but in this case, the stereotype of that didn't apply to our house because we had a furniture store growing up, and that's all we did was work in the store. So the house was a mess. This is how bad the house was. It, yeah. was, a, it was a mess. <laughs> someone, I was in high school, and I had run out to get a sandwich, and someone broke into the house, and they took the stereo, like the first thing they saw, because they didn't have time to look around. Right. They were in, and they were out. So a cop comes over to take a police report, and he stands in the middle of the living room, and he looks around, and he goes, oh, my God, this animal really ransacked the place. <laughs> And I just played along. I'm like, yeah, he, he left salami out all day. He threw a bra on the lampshade. You're Palestinian? Yes. Oh, oh, oh. I wanted to talk to you. What just this. happened? What just happened? So are we I'm still watch, good? I'm watching a fight on the Ga- in the Gaza Strip. The Jews are throwing rocks at the Palestinians, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, this is when you realize things are too normal in your life. They had a shot. 
like so there's tear gas and rocks and a couple of bullets you hear and then you there's a shot of a guy with an ice cream truck <laughs> selling ice cream in the middle of a fight on the Gaza Strip. I'm like, is this how normal it is for these people now? Yeah. I won't go there. My parents my parents want to like take a family trip back to the motherland, oh. to the homeland. I will not. I'm not first of all, I'm terrified to fly and I'm even more terrified yeah. of what's gonna happen when we land. Yeah. Like, no thank you. That you is know, not when I throw a rock at my enemy, I got a hankering for a snow cone. Like I literally there were kids buying uh, snow cones and like ice cream sandwiches. You have an ice cream sandwich. I, I swear to God. <laughs> and the guy's smiling, it's like you know, like the silver aluminum cart that with wheels that you push. Did oh he have God. armor on the truck? No, he was happy as a lark. I, it was like every day I was looking. I was looking for a cotton candy machine, like I, I like a merry-go-round. Like, hey man, people need ice cream. But yeah, I know, but Jesus, like boy, you, t- you, you know, the only way you change something is if you dislike it. Right. You, you obviously don't dislike it if you're having ice cream. Not enough. Like, what do you do, like, with the Jews? You go, all right, just five minutes, ice cream break. <laughs> I, everybody, ice cream break. Oh, yes, ice cream, ice cream. And then you all run and get ice cream, and then go back. I feel oh, like, Ten minutes, throw rocks again. I feel like that is something that we can all agree on. Like, if there's anything that can stop the fighting for just five minutes, like, everybody loves ice cream, yeah. right? <laughs> like, I mean, just put down the rocks right. and the guns. But what if you get a guy that really likes, like, strawberry ice cream, and the guy doesn't have any <laughs> flips out and starts throwing rocks again. I love strawberry. You never have it. And boom, and it starts right up again. That's true. The one thing that brings people together is ice cream. It's true. Yeah. Like ice cream and and sex. That's it. Because, like, remember you play, like, baseball and stuff, whatever, in the street. And the truck would come. and I ever take a break. Let's go get, I'm going to go home and get lunch. We'll pick it up. I got in a fight one time in my neighborhood, and I fought for, like, two hours. This guy, Billy Leo, we just, you know, run around punching each other, punching each other. And then it was, like, dinner time. It was, like, uh, our mothers would call you, like, come on, come. Like, oh, I got to go to dinner. We'll pick this up in an hour. So I went home for dinner, and then we came back and finished the fight <laughs> oh god it's the italian one again uh, but it was food right exactly. it was food it was that food. stopped it food, brings together. food will stop a fight yeah look at the last supper <laughs> that had to be tense huh what do you how do you chit chat at the last supper what are you gonna talk actually about? that kind of started a really long fight that yeah. was, that, that meal started yeah. that was like that was the pre the prelogue to a very How very long fight. An awkward though, like you're sitting down and you know Jesus is going to be crucified. There's nothing you could say that could take the take the tension the out. tension out of yeah. the room. Oh, right? This is some hummus, Jesus. Like, what are you going to say? I'd be like, Hey, Jesus, why are we sitting all on the same side of the table? Is it going to be a hit? What's going on? <laughs> Just so I'm clear, Jesus, this, this isn't the Last Supper for all of us, right? Because <laughs> I got a rock throwing thing to do in about an hour. My wife is expecting me He's back. Expecting <laughs> me Supposed to bring ice cream. Home. <laughs> Uh, real, real quick before we wrap this yeah. up, I know you you said you're you're originally from Boston, right? Yeah, and yeah. Big sports fan, are you? Yeah. Are you not? Okay. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like Boston sports fans are are really really spoiled at this point. Oh, like, totally. But but don't start with me because I lived through <laughs> the crap years, Steve Grogan and all that nonsense. Don't even I'll punch you. I'll I, come across no, right no, now. No, no, no. Lenny, <laughs> uh, Lenny Bias dies on me. He was supposed to be the transition from Larry Bird. By the way, the only real white guy in the NBA, Larry Bird. Larry Bird told me that if you were dedicated and focused and wanted it, uh-huh. you, as a white man, could be 
in the NBA. And if there were a shortage of black players, you could be in the NBA. I like I like what our Patriots did in the draft. <laughs> do you? Yeah. What, because, what do you like about it? Well, because Belichick is good. I mean, he he's a genius, and he knows how to take somebody, turn them into what he needs them to be. He's a little weird, though. I mean, he's, oh, I he's, feel yeah. like he frowns during orgasm. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can say that word. Yeah, you can. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But he's also like cult like because like like. Anything he does, they follow. They buy in, one hundred percent. He could say to me, "I need you. Uh, I need you to kill your whole family." I'd be like, "All right, there's probably a strategy here. I'll go for it." I want to miss Gronk, though. I want to. Miss- you, you think he's staying retired? Uh, yeah, I okay. think so. I think because he's he's like a performer and he's got a whole other life now, sure, career. Like he's great at the commercials. Yeah. He, he was like a piece of Ikea furniture, though. Like, you put it together, it looks good, and you look sturdy. The minute you use it, it breaks. Like, he was such a pussy. He was always getting injured. Uh, he went to see a UFC fight. I saw him at that, yeah. yeah. In the audience. He uh-huh. tore his shoulder just watching the show. <laughs> no, but I do, I feel like, I feel like Boston sports fan yeah, now, you, you touched on it a little bit. Yeah. I feel like it's a big... F you, like a big middle finger to the rest of the sports world. Like, yeah. we suffered long enough. Now yeah. now it's our turn. Screw the rest of you. Yeah, my father died not seeing the Red Sox win uh, oh, the championship. Oh, man, that's you know? too bad. And uh, my grandfather, same thing. Uh, and But like, you're right. The Celtics, although I hate Kyrie. Kyrie's got to go. I bought his shirt. I'm going to burn his shirt. I didn't buy it. I didn't buy the Kyrie number shirt. Not the jersey. He's got like his line of clothes and he has a cool black T-shirt with his logo. Yeah, because he's a he's a he's all he's, he can't lead. He's a hump. He can't lead. They were better off without him last year. I went up. I tried to bat. I tried to do a Kerrigan on him and that and bat, break his knee, so he'd sit out the playoffs. Who like who like apologizes to LeBron for being a bad follower? He's trying to be like LeBron. He doesn't know how to lead. He's blaming the young guys. He's bad in the locker room. He's bad tension. Go, go, go to the Knicks. Go to the suckiest team on the face of the earth in that idiot Dolan. You deserve each other. Thanks for getting me started. No problem. Yo, he didn't decide he didn't want to play the last game. I'm going to go two for 900. Oh, wait, let me dribble the ball into four giant men when four other guys are standing there texting, waiting for the friggin' ball. Yeah, it's great being a Boston fan. Sounds like it. Yeah, the Bruins need to take a nap. Apparently, they're all tired. Ah, don't hit me. I'm not going to go in the corner. Eh, eh. Yeah, I'm cold. <laughs> uh, that's Paul Mercurio. Catch him this weekend at the House of Comedy in the Mall of America. Check out the Paul Mercurio Show, his podcast, and uh, check out his website, Paul Mercurio, M-E-C-U-R-I-O.com. And, again, House of Comedy this weekend. Yeah, tonight, Paul- tomorrow, and uh, Saturday. And, by the way, the podcast for a lot of sports listeners got a lot of cool people on. Bob Costas, Sugar Ray Oh, Leonard, that's awesome. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um uh, Clint Malarchuk, the guy who slashed his, got his neck Yeah, slashed. we were just talking about him the other day. Oh, yeah. you've got to listen to it. Amazing. It's the, he gets his neck slashed with the skate. He's bleeding all over the ice. Yeah. He deals with it. He becomes an alcoholic. Tries to kill himself. Really? And the bullet lodges in his head, and it doesn't kill him. What? Yeah. And he writes a book about it, and he's walking around with a bullet in his head. What? Yeah. I'm telling you, listen to it. It's great. He's got a book out, too. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He can't die. No, I know. Like, not a skate to the throat, not alcoholism, not a bullet to the head. Like, Boy, you really suck at trying to die. (laughs) 
do you feel good about yourself when you can't die? Uh, Go catch Paul this weekend at the House of Comedy oh, next in the time, Mall of America. Well, i to talk about Robert Kraft. Oh, you know, you know what? Go no, ahead. No, no, I'll no. We're recording time. this. We can go as long as we no, want. No, no, because I don't want you to cut it out and not use it. I'll <laughs> right. do it the next time. Sorry. I hit All right, mic. no problem. All right. Go catch him this weekend at House of Comedy, houseofcomedy.com for tickets at the Mall of America and paulmercurio.com to find out much, much more about Paul. Thank you so Thanks, much, man. man. Really appreciate Thank it. You. That was amazing. <laughs> that was maybe the funniest interview I've ever been a part of. He is, he is so, so good and that's why he works with guys like Stephen Colbert and some of the top names in comedy. And he'll be at House of Comedy this weekend. The full interview, that was sort of a truncated version of it. We had I talked to him for like a half hour because it was just so fun and we completely lost track of time. Is that up yet at scorenorth.com? It is, it is up yep. at scorenorth.com. How did he forget about Bob Kraft? I, I would have thought it would have started with Bob Kraft. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really, really, really a fun discussion. Yeah, and, the whole, the half-hour uh, long-form one is just on the Mackie and Judd podcast page at scorenorth.com or wherever you subscribe to or download Mackie and Judd with Rami. Um, it's just on those feeds. So. The guy is so good. So, so good. Uh, so let's come back. A little cram session here with our corrupt judge, Jonathan Harrison, uh, which will include uh, a, a question about the future of the Timberwolves under Gerson Rosas. So we'll definitely do that. Um, TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand, and there's not another 4K TV on the market that has more streaming content than this TV. The Roku platform that's built into the TV has the most streaming channels like Netflix. Let me try that again. Netflix. Uh, Amazon Prime, Hulu, HBO Now, and more movies and TV episodes, plus the best selection of music, sports, and news. Tons of free content, Hollywood blockbusters, live TV and sports. You can access over 140 sports channels on TCL TVs, NFL, uh, MLB, NHL, NBA, ESPN, plus health, fitness, yoga channels for Jonathan, you name it. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand, and available in any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. You can also just visit TCLUSA.com. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0.00. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world. Like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward. And take your breath away like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.